Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Very excited to welcome back to the show NFL Media's Jim Trotter to talk all things free agency frenzy. Jim, hello and happy free agency. Same to you, Tracy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? A little tired, but doing all right. Thank you. Yeah, I was I was so tired Monday night that I thought perhaps I'd played in a football game. I thought perhaps <laughs> I was an agent who had been negotiating deals all day. I was like, why am I so exhausted? But it was a nonstop Monday for us. You know what? Every year with the NFL, we say this, how, you know, it, it's just, it gets crazier and crazier. You know what? It is what it is. Um, it, it's, it, it reminds me of training camp every year where you hear people say, man, I've never seen this many injuries this this early in camp and this and the other. And then you go and you look at the data and you say that the injuries aren't any different than they have been in previous years. So mm-hmm. um, when it comes to free agency, starting with the combine, mm-hmm. it's pretty much nonstop, all hands on deck. It's going to be a wild ride for the next, you know, two weeks or so. It's funny because people will say to me, how's the off season? And I'm like, what? I don't understand there is the that you speak of. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. Sense me. I also kind of think it might be like childbirth, where if you remembered how crazy it was, you'd stop doing it. So you just go year after year and forgetting that the year before was just as nuts. That's my take on that. Yeah, I can't comment on childbirth, but well, it, I can't it, either. It, I haven't had kids yet, but it just feels <laughs> like I, my friends, like I just, I tried to not remember what it was like last time. And then it, it didn't, you just do it again. So there's my, there's my hot take on that filled with hot takes today. Epidurals. There you go. Epidur- there you- we need to take, we need to take epidurals every year. How about that? Free agency epidurals and get, you get them in Indy. Well, the 49ers had a pretty big Monday. Uh, there was, there was discussion, like how much could they do with the salary cap, all the things, but they really hit it on the head, so to speak, with Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle from the Eagles. So now you have him and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead along that line. That was a big one for them, uh, a needed one for them. Doesn't speak super great for the future of Javon Kinlaw with San Francisco, but I don't know that this move was the reason. It was the thing that didn't speak great of it, but love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I, I think if Javon Kinlaw can stay healthy, which is a big if, big if. Um, if you can put him with those three players, it's clearly the best defensive line in in, in football. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, conversations I've had with folks there, they believe that Javon finished strong last year. So there's optimism that, you know, he can pick up where he left off. And and there was quite an investment in him, as you know, Um in terms of drafting him after uh, allowing DeForest Buckner to leave. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. I was I was talking to one person in there yesterday, and they say Javon just left the building, and they were just like, man, he is a massive human being. And and he is. So if, he, if he's right, um, if he's healthy, uh, he just makes that unit so much better. So from that standpoint, I'm not willing to write him off just yet. Um, you know, I want to see what happens when they get to camp and – and if he's healthy, and and then you go from there. He is a massive human being. You are certainly right about that. And you're. And John Lynch spoke about that at the combine that they are very confident in, in his health and kind of the work he's been doing thus far. 
in the off season, but that would be probably the best defensive line in football. Certainly one of the oh, best without question. Yeah. It's, it, it's no, the best. I would say I mean, the best, the best, like that's, that's going to be something else. Not going to make up if they don't have a quarterback, if they're, if they keep losing quarterbacks during games, but nonetheless, the best defensive line in football. We'll get, and we'll get to that uh, in a second, but it was a, a big signing for San Francisco. And I want to address something that came up a lot on Twitter. And I understand Twitter is not a real place, but a lot of people talking about how, well, this was the deal they could have given to force Buckner at the end of the day, every free agency, the team has to make a decision with the information they have in the moment and with their circumstances at the moment and things were different then. And I understand the conversation, but they didn't give it to DeForest Buckner. So it's probably time to move on. Yeah. But the other point in that too, is to say that it's the same money on average that DeForest Buckner got. You have to remember it's three years later. Mm -hmm. So it's not the same money. Um, If you were to put it in today's dollars, uh, DeForest Buckner would be making a lot more than this. So, Mm -hmm. so that's a little disingenuous, I think, to try and make that comparison. Look, as you say, it is what it is. They they made the decision back then that if they had signed DeForest, they would not have been able to keep Eric Armstead. They would not have been able to keep a couple other players as well on that unit. So they saw volume in terms of who they could sign, and they also figured that they could address that need in the draft as well. It's just unfortunate that Ken Law has continued, you know, has had health issues. So... Um, Look, I can tell you this, the 49ers aren't looking back and and they're looking forward. And that's one of the reasons they made, um, you know, this this acquisition of Hargrave as well as the other moves that they made. They believe that their window is at least the next two or three years. And so they are pushing their chips to the middle of the table, as one person said to me, to go out and, and do what they can. And look, they know they have two young quarterbacks now. Um, and one of the ways you help a young quarterback is having a suffocating defense Mm -hmm. and they potentially have the personnel for that at this moment. So, um, I'm, I'm intrigued and, and interested to see what they do going forward here because they know there are still some spots on the team they need to address, but they have the draft and they still have the later part of free agency to make moves. Absolutely. And I like what you said that they're not looking backward. Fans look backward teams like it to make their decisions and then move forward. And that's definitely what they're doing. So let's talk quarterback because we're always talking quarterback with the 49ers. I mean, honestly, going back to Joe Montana and Steve Young, quarterback is always the conversation with this team. So Brock Purdy has a surgery last week. It's what they wanted. Best case scenario, it's a repair. He should be throwing in three months, ready to practice in six, should being the operative term. Probably a good chance maybe he misses the first couple games. You have Trey Lance coming off an injury who in theory starts those games, but they bring in Sam Darnold. Um, I mean, I haven't even brought up the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo has left for the Raiders, but I think we can get to that in a minute, but they bring in Sam Darnold, which is a very interesting QB three situation. Cause with the four ers you're not just any QB three in this particular offense. You have two young quarterbacks, both coming off injuries. So you could be QB one really quickly, which I think made it an attractive place for some Sam Darnold to go. Yeah, I, I think um, he's a guy that Kyle um, was intrigued with, you mm-hmm. could say, back when he was coming out. We're talking about, guy, about a guy who was the third pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so this gives you an opportunity to see what he has and if he fits the things that you want to do. So, you know, if nothing else, it's a test run for Sam Darnold to see if he fits. Look, there's no guarantee that that he'll he'll be here week one. 
you know, and they may they may find another veteran quarterback who comes along at some point during this offseason that they say, you know what, we we may like him more. They're they're just the 49ers, I feel, are at a point where they're gonna kick the tires on everything mm-hmm. in terms of trying to find the best fits to make this run at a title. When you've been to the NFC championship game three out of the last four years, when you've gone to a Super Bowl and came up short, um when you when you are desperate to add that Vince Lombardi trophy to your legacy, not to the past legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that this is just one of the intriguing teams to watch um, the rest of this off the rest of this off season, as well as once we finally get to week one. I'm curious to see just how Sam Darnold does. And you're right. He may not be there week one, but you know, he may have been a victim of, I was never completely sure of what I thought of him as a quarterback when he got drafted as a third pick in the draft, but he also may have been a victim of just not being in the right place and not being managed correctly. And so it would be interesting to see how he does under Kyle Shanahan, but you're also right. He may not be there week one. And that's the thing about free agency in the off season that always kind of makes me chuckle uh, with, with Vans and, and the Twitter GMs is that so much can change. Like it's March. Like they're they're not playing football till like September 10th ish. So so much can change between now and then. And these moves are just are to bolster it and make the team better. And will be an interesting season, uh, off season. And and so I'd like to talk a little bit more just about quarterback. You know, when you look at Brock Purdy and what he was able to do, and you look at this opportunity that that Trey Lance has in this offseason, it's another offseason really if Trey Lance is gonna get the first team reps again for a while and have a chance to improve and, and get better. I do think this is Brock Purdy's team. And even if Trey Lance ends up starting the first couple games, just because Brock's not ready, it, it's going to be an important one for Trey Lance. And I just kind of want to get an idea of where you see him right now, where you see him fitting. Um, my heart kind of goes out to Trey because I feel like it's just been, he's had a rough go in the beginning, but he's still so early in his career and people are writing him off. And I mean, he's going into his third year. He's played about three games. Yeah, I mean, people love to to write off players. So I'm with you. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, so I I feel for everything that Trey has gone through. Look, he hasn't played a lot of football. We know that um, over the last, what, four years or so. He he hasn't played a lot of football. And um, so it's understandable that there are a lot of questions. But I think you have to fall back on Kyle and John saw something in this kid that said, we are willing to give up all of these draft picks, mm-hmm. et cetera, to move up and get them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they turn away from that that quickly. So they will do everything they can to put him in a position to be successful. And I hope it works out for him. Look, I was, I was someone who said at the end of last year, if Brock has stayed healthy, that he would be their starting quarterback um, going into this season. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for Trey to reclaim that. And I think that if he plays well, um, those early games, while Brock is still rehabbing and recovering, I'm not so sure that it's automatically going to turn over to 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 Brock. Mm-hmm. I think if 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 Trey shows what they saw in him in college, that they'll be fine saying, you know, you know what? Um, this is what we thought we had back then. He's on that trajectory. Mm -hmm. So we stay the course Um, and we have Brock here if something happens. So that's a long winded way, Tracy, of saying there's a lot of lot of football to be played here. 
And all of us, I get it, that we speculate and all those sorts of things. I think what the 49ers have is a great situation. They have two young quarterbacks that they believe in. And if both of them turn out to be what they anticipated or what they hoped for, then they're in a great situation, you know, for years to come. So from that standpoint, I get that we're going to dissect this to no end, just as every training camp and every practice, you chart every throw and which how many were completed and how many touchdowns were there and all that kind of stuff, which really doesn't matter in the big um, picture. But I'm of the attitude, and maybe it's because I'm old, man, just let them go out and play and compete, and then we'll see what happens. You're not old. You're seasoned. Okay. Is that what the, is that what the gray is? I'm, you're seasoned and mature, seasoning. and this is not your first rodeo or training seasoning. camp or free agency, frenzy. That's what that I'm is true. That I mean, I'm going to get ahead true. of this now. It's March and training camp's not for a while, but I'm going to start saying this now. It's called training camp. So when players actually throw incomplete passes or interceptions or any of the things, it's actually a good thing because they're in training camp to fix it. So I'm just going to throw that out there now for everybody. Well, the, the, the good thing is if they throw them, that they don't throw them again or make the same mistake twice. Exactly. So that's the point. Um, I will tell you this, the thing about training camp during my early years, it was actually within my first two or three years of actually covering an NFL team, had never covered one before on a full-time basis. And I remember the Chargers had signed a cornerback, Ryan McNeil, um, at that point gave him the largest free agent deal that year of any cornerback. And we get to training camp and man, he just looks awful. He's getting beaten up and down the field. He's giving up touchdowns, this, that, and the other. And I start thinking, man, they have made a mistake here. Mm-hmm. And so I go in the locker room and look for the leadership of the defense to kind of talk about this a little bit. And Junior said, I was the leader of the defense. I said, Junior, what's going on here? I said, this guy looks terrible. And Junior was like, pump the brakes. He said, veterans use training camp to work on their weaknesses, not their strengths. He said, this is where you get better. Long story short, that season, Ryan McNeil leads the NFL in interception. So imagine how silly I would have looked if I had written that story of what a bust he is. Mm-hmm. You know, not understanding of just all of the nuances of, of a training camp and what was going on. So people pump the brakes, let these quarterbacks go out and compete, and we'll see what happens. So you bring up cornerback, since we'll just go right, we'll, we'll go there. The 49ers, they restructured Charvarius Ward's contract to, to get cap compliant. Um, at the time of recording, uh, Emmanuel Mosley has not been re-signed by the 49ers or signed anywhere. The, the, and cornerback is an area, I think with the 49ers every offseason, it's cornerback and offensive line or two of the things that we're talking about a lot. So that is an area that they probably are going to need to bolster a little bit. Jimmy Ward going to the Texans. Uh, he was their nickel corner this year. He made it very clear he wanted to go back to safety and back to safety he will go under D'Amico Ryan's. But that is an area that they are going to need to bolster. They had Diamador Lenore kind of up and down, but certainly showing some promise. I think in a perfect world, you get somebody on the outside and put Diamador Lenore at nickel corner. I'm going to ask you to speculate on something that by the time this comes out in a few hours, maybe a moot point. Do you think they are interested in re-signing Emmanuel Mosley? I think they are. I just think it's complicated. Oh, absolutely. Um you know, they, they loved him and they, and they loved how he was playing at the time that he got hurt and, and, and the ascension that he was on. So, you know, this Tracy, everything at this time of year, for the most part, comes down to money and, and um, who has leverage. And the fact that he's coming off of this injury in all likelihood is going to depress his market in terms of earning power. Um, 
So what the 49ers will bank on, I believe, not that anyone has said this to me, but what I believe is they will say, here's an opportunity for you to come back maybe even on a one-year deal mm-hmm. with a defense that we believe is going to be outstanding. Look at the move we just made up front. Um, come back, show what you can do, and then go out and 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 cash in the following mm-hmm. year, whether it's with us or someone else. And that may be, may be appealing to him. We will find out. So that's usually that's usually the the blueprint that teams follow mm-hmm. in in a scenario such as this. It's such a tough business, isn't it? As we talk about injury, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just like here's here's someone that actually had he stayed healthy at the level he was playing, he wouldn't be back on the scene. They wouldn't have been able to afford him, most likely. And when we Correct. talk about quarterbacks, you have all the you know you have Brock. It looks like his team. It's his team. He gets hurt if Trey plays well. It's now it's it's just it's a tough business. I know that that goes without saying, but I think it's sometimes worth repeating because sometimes everyone forgets they're humans trying to make a living just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm really deep on this uh, podcast today. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, well, the reason I'm chuckling here is that everything you're saying is true. And, and I find out no matter how often we say it, it falls on deaf ears from people who just want their team to win, you know? Mm-hmm. And so all that other stuff doesn't matter. The fact that we're actually talking about human beings and their lives and their, mm-hmm. their livelihood and their health, you know, these sorts of things. Um, all seem to be secondary at times to people who just want their team to win. Yeah. I think people kind of tend to forget that you're right. It falls on deaf ears, but that's okay. We're saying it anyway. And I'm going to keep on saying it as much as I need to. So offensive line right now, as of the time we're recording this podcast, Jake Brendel, not signed you'd think for consistency, but the center market, there's, there's not a, a large amount of centers right now that are good in this league. And I think Jake Brendel is sparking interest from a number of teams. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. They lose Mike McGlinchey to the Denver Broncos. And so it looks like it's Colton McKivitt season in, uh, in San Francisco. But, you know, once again, this, the thing that I think has been so interesting about this offensive line is it is something that we do seem to talk about year after year. They obviously have the best left tackle in football in Trent Williams, but it's something we talk about year after year and somehow they managed to figure it out year after year. Yeah, they do. I mean, my understanding is that they 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 feel like they like their young guys that they can line mm-hmm. up at right tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, but as has been said to me as well, look, there's still a lot of time left in free agency as well as the draft. So um, they will take some looks there to bring in people as well, I'm sure. To your point about Brendel, you're right. Um, a lot of teams now feel that the center position is as important as the, let's say, left tackle position from this standpoint they know they want to get a quarterback off his spot. And the easiest way to do that is to have pressure up the middle. And so you are seeing teams invest more money on interior offensive linemen. And I believe that that makes him more valuable, particularly in a year where there might be a depressed center market. So from that standpoint, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm eager to see um, exactly how this plays out because if the 49ers lose him for the second straight year, that's an awful lot of turnover on that offensive line. And as as genius as Kyle is in terms of play design and play calling, um, at times there is only so much you can do or so much you can you can can game plan or scheme up. So you gotta have those guys up front. Um so but this brings me back full circle again to this defense. I truly believe that what they feel is 
Because I'll never forget this conversation I had with Kyle once. I asked him, I said, Kyle, if you have a choice between a top five offense and a top five defense, which would you take? And he didn't hesitate. He said a top five defense. Mm -hmm. He said, because it means that we're limiting um, opportunities for the opponent. We're limiting points. And he said, offensively, we'll scheme up enough to get some some points. And I, I always found that fascinating. And so when you watch the things that the 49ers do in terms of player acquisition and whatnot, it speaks to that philosophy. And when I saw the Hargrave um, uh, deal and um, some of the other moves that they've made over the last few years, it says to me, yep, that's exactly what Kyle believes. Let me load up on the other side of the ball. And that way we only have, we have to be just good enough offensively. I think I can scheme up just enough points to make it work. Do you like, I mean, when they had the, what was the second pick in the draft and traded with the bears for the third, but it was Solomon Thomas. The D line has always been their priority. That is in the trenches. That has been their philosophy and their priority. I don't know why it tends to surprise people year after year, but that is the priority and they're right. I would, I am not an NFL coach, which is good for all teams, but I agree with Kyle. I would for sure rather have a top five NFL defense than an offense, especially if he's the coach because he can team up in a way, you know, to make it work. Um, so we're going to talk about something. Normally you can't do a 49ers podcast without talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, but this may be <laughs> the last 49ers podcast in which I can really talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's going to be a real departure. Um, that's why I'm having you on today. Cause I need gyms. Basically Jimmy Ward is gone. Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. Like I'm really, I'm laughing. So you went, you went to, you scraped the bottom of the barrel, huh? You got, you got like, Jim Trotter, huh? It's like, I need a gym. I know the best gym out there. No, I think you're still the best gym. Just don't tell Garoppolo and Ward I said that, but I think you're still the best gym by far. It's our <laughs> secret. It's our it's, secret. And, Nobody yeah, knows. You guys don't tell him. Um, so Jim, Jim, Jimmy is now going to Las Vegas to reunite with Josh McDaniels. Um, it's finally the breakup. They see, so you know what they say, breaking up is hard to do and it is, taken two full years for everybody to fully separate <clears throat> off he goes. It was time. The relationship was about as done as the relationship could be, but what do you think this does for the Raiders? I can't decide if it's an upgrade over car. I think Jimmy is a more winning quarterback. I think he brings a lot um, in terms of leadership. I do think he is a really good quarterback, uh, but what do you think this does for the Raiders? How do you see this trajectory playing out? They're still probably going to draft someone. I yeah, I, I don't know that they're going to use that seventh pick on a quarterback. They may, depending on who's there and, and how much mm-hmm. they like him. But the reality is this season, this offseason, they got to get their defense right. Mm-hmm. And I don't view Jimmy as a tremendous upgrade over, over Derek Carr. Um, culturally, institutionally, there is a comfort level of having a guy that you have worked with who knows your system. You know him already, so they can hit the ground kind of running. It's not like he has to, to bring him up to speed so to speak. Um, so I think Jimmy will be fine there if he stays healthy. And I think he'll be productive for them if he stays healthy. Um, but for me with the Raiders, it's all about, can you get that defense right? Mm-hmm. And that unit has been bad for some time, no matter who the coach has been, no matter who the coordinator has been, no matter what the personnel, they just have not gotten it right. So I'm I'm more interested in what they do on that side of the ball. Jimmy will be fine with Josh if he stays healthy. I know every time I talk about him, I say if he stays healthy, and there is a reason. There is a reason for that. So, um, but I wish him the best. As you know, having covered him, you know daily, he's one of the truly good guys, class guys. So I wish him the best. 
he is a, a true class act. It's so interesting because it is football. So obviously it's a tough sport and people get hurt, but it, it's, there are the players that just for whatever reason, can't stay healthy. And we've talked about a few of them on this podcast. Emmanuel Mosley has had a number of injuries, even Trey. He's not played a lot of football. He's gotten hurt pretty frequently, especially compared to the amount of football he's played. And Jimmy Garoppolo, what do you, I mean, I know you're not a doctor, but what do what do you think I just play about? one on the internet, right? Well, great. So Dr. Trotter, what do you think that's about? I didn't plan on asking this, but it's just like a, I, I can never quite wrap my head around it. No, there, there's no way to know. Um, I talk to teams every Good thing year. You're not a doctor they, then. <laughs> I know. No, absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of them don't know either. They just won't admit it. So they can keep charging us these crazy prices for visits. Right. Right. Um, which is another topic, but um <laughs> No, I, every year I talk to teams about that who go through, you know, rashes of injuries and whatnot, and they start re-examining everything from the playing surface to the practice schedule to the amount of contact, all these different things. And and the reality is that sometimes there's just no rhyme or reason. It just happens. Mm-hmm. So um, the best that we can hope for is that maybe in terms of the law of averages, when you talk about a player like Trey Lance, that Maybe he's gotten his out of the way and now he can stay healthy and go forward and do the things that that they envisioned when they drafted him. Yeah, that makes sense. So as of the time of recording, also, this has nothing to do with the 49ers, um, even though people always like to bring up that they didn't draft him. But Aaron Rodgers has not let anybody know what what he's going to do. The Jets seem to be bringing wide receivers. It kind of, it makes me feel like, no, you're going to love it at this hotel. We have your favorite food. We have your favorite drinks. We'll have your favorite. Everything. Like we're just going to keep, I really hope for the Jets' sake that he goes there because otherwise they have like all these wide receivers to appease Aaron Rodgers. Well, by all they have Alan Lazard at the moment, but there, I guess there are rumors about Randall Cobb um, and, and not a quarterback. I do feel like it makes sense. It's where he will go, but he's sure taking his sweet time because he can, because he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. No, I, I think New York is where he's going to land. Look, the Packers have let it be known they're ready to move on, right? Everything they have said, all of their 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 actions to this point, and if we were to see them in person, their body language would say to you, it's time, you know, for separation. Aaron being Aaron, we have to, we have to play this game. Um, and he knows what he's going to do. Uh, I mean... I firmly believe that no matter what he says, he knows what he's going to do. And so let's get it done and, and move on. It is complicated from the standpoint of the money that we're talking about mm-hmm. here. Um, it's a lot. And um, so how is his new contract going to be structured? Because the Jets obviously are going to want to restructure this deal. So um, then you talk about the compensation. So uh, from my standpoint, yes. I already, in my mind, see him as a New York Jet. Um, what I am fascinated about is, now, what is his commitment going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, the past couple of years, we have not seen him in the offseason with his team. And that was a problem last year for the Packers, who were trying to break in so many new receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to show up in New York for offseason workouts on a regular basis um, and put in time with these young players? If he does... I think they have a chance to be really good. If he doesn't, um, I think there may be some buyer remorse ultimately. So, so we'll see. We will see. Well, free agency frenzy, always a good time. And we're still very early into it. Jim, thank you for joining me today to talk all about it. No, my pleasure. Happy to be your third Jim.
No, you're my number one, Jim. <laughs> They're Jimmy's. It's totally different. You're Jim. No, in my family, I'm Jimmy too. So. Oh, are you? Absolutely. Well, well maybe we'll start calling you Jimmy Trotter. No, I'm just, I won't do that to you. Though actually, it's kind of I like that. Jimmy Trotter. Um, that would make you family. See. We end on that note. That's the nicest thing you could ever say to me. See. <laughs> uh, Jim, let everybody know where they can find you, though not your address, but like online. Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> for the moment, uh, NFL.com. Mm-hmm. And really, that's it, I think. Um, you know me, I'm always laying low. So that's true. Or on a golf course. I wish. I, I've only <laughs> I have been on a golf course one time since training camp. Um, and that was the what? week that was the week of the NFC championship game. I actually got out to play up in the Bay Area. And um that's it. I mean, the, I've been so busy and the weather's been so bad. Yeah. I just, I've not gotten out yet. Oh, that makes me sad. Cause when I saw you in Minneapolis in August, I think you were planning to play golf a few days later. So I'm sorry to hear that. I know you're not as sorry as I am. Yeah, no, that's me. true. <laughs> I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not. Well, Aaron, make your decision so Jim can get around it. You guys, we are brought to you by FIVO. I will talk to everybody on Friday. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. Oh, and don't forget to give us a five-star rating and a glowing review since Jim was so nice to take his time out and be my number one Jimmy today. I'll talk to everybody later. Bye, all Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.